right, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We're going to continue in our series of uh, reading through these first few verses to discover uh, the coming of Christ and um, remind ourselves of hope, peace, joy, and love. We're going to talk about joy today as we sang that song just now about rejoicing. You know, that's something that we really need to to do. But can we just be honest for a moment? Rejoicing is hard. And this moment in time of Christmas is that moment when we're to be rejoicing the most. At least that's what we are told everywhere you see it. Can we just be real for a moment and just realize that Christmas is sometimes the hardest time to rejoice? Because we remember those who aren't here any longer. We remember heartaches and difficulties. And sometimes Christmas is a reminder of all the reasons we should sorrow, not necessarily find joy. But I want to help you today because I think, I think joy is quite different than what we're told by the rest of the world. I think joy... It's something you and I can find even in the midst of our sorrows, even in the midst of our difficulties. John, at the end of this book, tells us why he wrote everything that he wrote in the book. And so I think it's valuable for us to look at that again and just remind ourselves of why he wrote it. Normally you put... Uh, when you write something, you put the, the theses, the, the reason you wrote it at the beginning, but John puts it at the end in verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 31. He says, but all these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The whole reason that John wrote as he did and quite a different way than anyone else about the coming of Christ is so that you could know Christ. We said it two weeks ago that He's more than just the baby in the manger. He is God Almighty and John wants you to know Him. And when I say no, it's not what you and I think uh, no means necessarily. You may, you may realize this, but... A lot of times when we talk about what we know, we think about facts. We think about, uh, you know, uh, oh, we're learning a lot of math in our home these days, right? We, so we think about math facts. I teach a science class for my kids' uh, homeschool group on Friday, so we learned a lot of science facts. And so we think knowledge and we think factual evidence, Right? I don't think that's what John is telling us he's, what he's writing about. He wants us to know this Christ. He wants us to know this Messiah experientially. To not just know about Him, but to know Him intimately. And that's why John writes the way he does. He wants us to know and believe and Know Christ in an intimate way. John wants you 
to truly believe. He wants you to truly receive the joy that comes from Jesus and His coming. And we need joy today. And we don't need what the world tells us. We need true joy. And and I wonder if we would recognize joy if it hit us in between the eyes. Because I think sometimes we expect it to be something completely different than what it truly is. And I want to help you to see what I think this passage tells us about true, true joy. Because the world tells us a certain way. And it describes joy literally as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. That's what the world wants us to believe is joy. That's the joy that the world tries us, tries to help us to have, particularly at this season. That is not joy. That is not biblical joy. I would contend that joy is far more than just a feeling. Feelings wane. Feelings change. Feelings waffle from one moment to the next. Joy is something that can last for a lifetime and is not based on feeling. Joy is a person, namely Jesus Christ. And I would contend that joy is unable to be found, true joy, in anyone or anything else apart from Jesus' presence in our lives. Because joy is not merely something thrust upon you. It's not something you just wake up with. It's not something you get by osmosis. It's not something that you have a really great dream. You wake up and all of a sudden I'm going to be joyful today. It's not how it works. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. It's choosing to respond to external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction. Because... We know that God will use all of the experiences we face to accomplish his work in and through our lives, good and bad. The world would say that you have to experience all the pleasures of life to find true joy. And I will tell you that even in the sorrows of life, the difficulties of life, and the great depths of of muck and mire that this world brings our lives, you can find joy there too. But the only way to do that is to know from where true joy comes, and that is Jesus. To know him, to intimately know him. That's what John wrote in John 20, 31. He says, Everything is in this letter. Everything is in this gospel account to help you to know him and to believe in him. And so I invite you to read along with me and discover true joy and get to know him. Would you, if you're able to stand, would you stand to honor the matchless word of God? Beginning of verse 10, it says, He was in the world. And the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. 
He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated for just a few moments as we explore true joy and how to get to know him. John in this passage says that Jesus came to the world that he created. Can we pause for just a moment with that thought? Can we ponder this idea that Jesus, who was in the beginning with God, who we've seen in previous weeks that he was Everything that was created was created through him. We, we reiterate that here in this moment with John in this verse. He tells us everything was created through him. And now that one who created all things, that one who sat in this heavenly throne room, in this heavenly place and created all things by his word, decides to come and enter in to the place that he created. And Romans 1:16 tells us that his imprint is on all of creation and that because it is on all of creation there is none of us who are without excuse. So we should be able to recognize this God who created all things and it says that he came into the world he created and nobody knew who he was. It would be like this and pardon me I I just enjoy the history of Walt Disney, all right? So just stick with me for just a moment, all right? I understand there's some problematic stuff now, but I'm talking about the guy, Walt Disney. Could you imagine that if Walt Disney came back today, of course, he'd be 100 and something years old, right? And he walked into one of the parks across the nation, across the world, that his ideas spawned, that his ideas Created, And can you imagine him walking into this place, through all the place, and people just passing him by, and these massive crowds just elbowing him out of the way. And I'm not comparing Jesus to Walt. He's far greater. But the, but the one who created this world stepped into it, and no one recognized him. His own people didn't even receive him. John is pointing out this significant fact with just these few words. Your God is not a God who is far off. The one who created all things came to live in the world he created. And he came to do that, though, though he was ignored, but he came to do it to establish an intimate relationship with the people he made. 
He loved you and I and this world and his creation so much that he says, I'm going to go and I'm going to become like them and I'm going to put on flesh and I'm going to eventually take on their sin and I'm going to die for them. And my fear, my fear is that we're so wrapped up in all the other things that we don't recognize that and realize that and get caught up in this relationship with him, we worry about the things he gives rather than the giver of the things. But Jesus came to establish a relationship with his people. He came to establish a relationship with those who would come to him and find their peace in him and find their joy in him. <clears throat> Christmas is a time when we we long to look into something that we've felt before. We want to lock into it. We want to lock into that memory or that feeling when we once had, the nostalgia, and discover that one moment of happiness. But what if we go through the whole season? What if we get to New Year's Eve, the year's over, 2024 is thrust upon us and we never found it. That thing we were trying to lock into, that nostalgia, that feeling, that moment. What if we get through all of it and never find it because we were looking for joy in the wrong places? This is our first point. The joy of Christmas must be received. It's there. He's here. He came into the world that He created. They didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people. They didn't receive Him. And so the answer, how do we find the joy of Christmas? It's not in a memory. It's not in nostalgia. It's not in that moment that you try to recreate with your family and try to get to be the picture-perfect moment. It's not the Instagram post that really there's a lot of baggage and junk behind it, but we try to put it up and make it look like it's pretty and exactly what we want it to be. That is not where we find the joy of Christmas. We find the joy of Christmas by receiving it from Christ. I mentioned before that would we know true joy if it hit us in the face? But that's not how joy works. We must recognize the source of joy and then we receive it. Friends, I don't, I don't imagine that in a moment like this with a, few, a couple hundred people in a room I can't fathom that in this moment there's not someone here who's never received Christ as Savior. No, 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 no. I'm not saying there aren't people here who've gone to church, maybe even their whole life. I'm not talking about people who know conceptually about Jesus. But I wonder if there's someone here today that has never received the joy of Christ because they've 
looked for him in all the wrong places, but he was right there all along and they didn't receive the actual Christ, the actual Savior, the actual source of joy. And I wonder if today, maybe there's just someone here who's never truly found that intimate relationship with Christ that he intended to bring into our lives. You know about him, but do you know him? Here's the great news. You can leave today continuing in your not receiving it as it said he came to his own and they didn't receive it. You can leave today just the same way you came in. But the great news is that you can leave today changed by joy. True joy. You've been searching for it in all the wrong places. And I believe Jesus is saying to you today, look at me. Look to me. I'm the source of joy. I am true joy. And if that's you today, this is the first point. I got two more. I know we normally wait till the end. Don't wait. Receive him today. Don't be like the world who didn't recognize him. Don't be like his own people who didn't receive him. Say, I receive you today, Lord Jesus. It can be that simple. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you reach out to him today in true, true brokenheartedness and say, Lord, I've been looking for joy and I can't find it anywhere else, but I know it's because I've been looking in the wrong place. And so would you bring me joy today? Would you save me? Friends, you can find joy today and I, I call on you to do that. Don't wait another moment. In fact, would everyone just take a moment and bow your heads in this moment? And that is you today. And you want to receive the joy of knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior and knowing that your eternity is sealed and that your life here is more fuller and that you can experience joy even now in the midst of all the chaos. And you want to do that today. Would you just pray something like this? Lord Jesus, I've looked for joy in all the wrong places, but today... I know it's in you, and would you bring me true joy by saving me today? If you prayed that prayer today, I want to talk to you. Please come speak with me at the end of the service. I'll be up here. We also have some folks at our next steps tables. There's one right out the store. You can come and speak with them. Any of them would love to share with you and talk with you and pray with you and rejoice with you. The second thing that we see in this passage is that the joy of Christmas makes us his children. John says, he was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and those own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him. But to all who did receive him. There's a chance, there's, a, there's hope. You can receive him today. And to anyone who does, he gives them the right to be called children of God. Receiving true joy from Jesus is what births us into his family. As Barrett, we celebrated with him today and 
Not that long ago, I know he's growing like a weed, but not that long ago, he was birthed into this world through natural means. And when you and I trust in Jesus and trust in joy and receive his joy and receive him, that's what births us into the spiritual world, into the family of God. It doesn't make us merely robotic followers of this unknown deity. We enter into a relationship with Jesus to become his children, to become children of God Almighty. Think back to those moments. Now, I realize for some of us, it was longer ago. I've, tomorrow, I have a 13-year-old, and that baffles my mind. Y'all should pray for me a lot, please. See all this gray in my beard? 13-year-old, that's most of it. Or almost, she ain't even 13 yet. She turns it tomorrow, so. It's not just her. All right, I have four kids, so I've got a lot of gray because of, because of that. But, but think back to those tender moments when they were little. They snuggled up. They could start talking, and they just look at you. and, Daddy, I love you. Mommy, I love you. Lay their head on your shoulders. As I was thinking about that, as I was praying, I just began to weep. Number one, because those think times are fewer and far between the older they get, right? But I began to think about how God must love me as child. I longed for those intimate moments. I still do with my kids where those little moments, come over here and give me a hug, you know, come over here and snuggle with me. I long for those close moments with my kids. I remember Caroline, our 13-year-old, or tomorrow, she'll be 13. I remember so vividly. I wanted to be a dad so bad. I just loved kids, and I wanted to be a dad. I couldn't wait to be a dad. I remember that moment she was born, and I'm supposed to be taking pictures, but I'm a mess. I was a mess. Those pictures, are they're, they're okay, but they're not great because I'm shaking, I'm crying, I can't, I'm wiping tears, and it's happening so fast. But I remember that moment I became a dad. I had a child, and I loved her more than I could ever fathom or imagine. And I remember subsequent moments when the other kids were born, and, and I think that's how God sees me. His child. The passage doesn't say his slave. The passage doesn't say his robotic servant. The passage doesn't say a follower. It says his child. He is, you are his child. You receive his joy. You are his beloved child. And just like we want intimate moments with our own children, God Almighty wants an intimate relationship with you. God desires for people to be made his children and he wants an intimate relationship with you. So receive him today. Will you receive him today? John tells you how. He says, to those who believe in his name, and then he says, they're not born of natural means, they're not born of the flesh, but God births that in their lives. God does that in their lives. It's of God. God is the revealer and he's also 
the birther. He makes it known and then he makes it happen. You and I believe because God makes himself known and gives us the unnatural means to believe and follow him. Now, it's not some unlockable code. Don't hear me say it's something that God births in your life and you think, well, I don't know how that I can attain that. That's not the point. The point is, is if God is revealing himself to you right now, your job is to look upon him. And when you look upon him and receive him, it all births in you in that moment. It just means that if you sense the need to believe in Jesus, it is something God is churning up in your heart right now. And in this moment, how will you respond? That's the question. How will you respond? You and I have the ability to suppress it. Romans 1, I mentioned earlier, tells us that we suppress it. And eventually God gives us over to that, according to that passage. So don't suppress that. If God is churning that up in you today, don't suppress it. You may not have another opportunity to act upon that churning in your life. I don't want to be grim. I don't want to scare you. I'm not that kind of preacher. I don't, I don't want to be. But I really think we have to be honest. If God is churning up in you, what makes you think that he'll do that again later on? What if today's the day? What if there is no other opportunity? Have you ever heard of someone who thinks, well, you know, I'll just have a deathbed opportunity and I'll believe in Jesus then. They think they can live their whole life for themselves and in their last moment they will turn to Jesus for his mercy. That seems very audacious. Listen, in my job and in my life experience from my own family members who have dealt with death, I've sat with people who are dying more than I would like to, uh, uh, more than I would like to be true in my life. I do it because God's called me to do it. It's a blessing to do it, but it's hard. And the, all the people that I sit with, you don't know. You're not guaranteed that last moment of desperation to call out to God on your deathbed and trust Him. It's not how death works. I've been with many while they are dying, and I'll just say this, there is no guarantee so don't wait receive joy today wake up from your misery and find true joy today receive Christ Jesus today and ask Jason to come as we do this moment final moment of, of closure here it may seem to you today that this message is for those who who are lost who don't know Christ. Certainly that's a part of it. But I will tell you, joy is something that we all need and we all need every day. <clears throat> so whether you received joy at some time in your life, I was a six-year-old my granny led me to the Lord and I received Christ. I received true joy in that moment. Life's been tough. Life's been hard. But 
Guess what? I need to remind myself of the gospel every day so that I can remind myself of my need for a Savior, of my need for Christ who can only fulfill my joy. And so do you. So yes, the call today is for anyone who has not trusted in Christ to trust in Christ. That's the call every week, every Sunday. That's why we come. That's why we invite our friends because every week I guarantee you I will help someone. I will show them how to follow Christ. But let us not, those of us who know that joy, who know Christ as Savior, let us not walk away saying, well, you know what? I'm so glad that we did that. I hope somebody got to know the Lord today. No, 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 no. You need joy. You need to be reminded every day that Christ is the source of your joy. I'm not saying you need to get saved again. We don't believe that. But you might need to be reminded You might need to pray the prayer that David prayed and said, return to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, Lord. You might need to pray that today. Joy is something that can be experienced and strengthened in our lives every day. The intimate relationship that Jesus wants to have with you can be received again today. The intimate relationship, the intimacy. So I want to ask everyone to do something today. And you may think this is strange. When the Lord told me to do it, I said, really, Lord? But I'm trying to be obedient. I pray that you would as well. I want you to really consider joy today. Not what the world tells us, but true joy in Christ. I want you to really consider it. And I want to encourage you today to come to the front. There's nothing special about this. It's not like, you know, it's not like some more holy place than where you are necessarily. Could be. The Lord meets with you there. It could be. But there's nothing. I mean, it's just carpet and wood. But when you physically show, I want to find joy in Jesus today. Sometimes it helps your heart to follow when you posture yourself in a way to say, yeah, I want to find joy today. And so would you come today and receive joy from Jesus? Would you ask more of Him? Would you ask Him for more intimacy, for more joy? Would you ask Him for more strength to face the pains that you face this time of year? Would you ask Him to give you more today? Would you ask Him to restore you and to restore the joy of your salvation today? We're going to sing and I encourage you ask him for more God help us help us to respond help us to find joy today help us to find you today someone is here Lord that doesn't know you today I pray you you're churning help them to respond don't let them leave
We love you, Lord. We trust you. We call on you today. Would you work? Would you move? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? And if God is calling you to respond,